0: As I've been reflecting on what's been going on in the world, and maybe you feel this as well, but I feel like we're part of a world that is deeply, deeply divided. You know, before the pandemic, we were certainly divided, but it seems like it's more pronounced in some ways. We, see this, uh, we saw this last year with the election, the pandemic, masks, lockdown, and as a priest, In a way, we saw this on a daily basis, this division growing wider and wider among people, even among the church. And so maybe you are wondering the same thing, and you're wondering how, as a Christian, do we navigate these different realities, and how do we respond in a properly Christian way? And so today I want to provide what is, I think, the philosophical context for the divisions we encounter, the spiritual context, and also as well to provide the solution that our gospel presents today. You see, I believe that we are reaping the fruits of our secular culture's rejection of God. And what I mean by this is that when we reject God, when we re- reject Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, then what begins to happen is that we begin to experience relativism. And relativism is the idea that there is no absolute truth, that there's my truth, and then it's your truth. And my truth is based on my strong opinion or feeling. And the thing is that these two truths shall not meet. In a way, this is a very brief summary of Friedrich Nietzsche's understanding of what's his impact on our culture. And as you may have heard him say, God is dead, and we have killed him. And the reason why he says that is because we don't need God anymore to give us the truth, because we have science. But what has happened as a result of that is that if we kill God, of course, as Catholics, we don't believe that God can be killed. But if God is dead, then so is the truth. And the radical consequence of this is that As a culture, we are not able to be in dialogue with one another. You know, I was at a campfire with a friend, and I was trying to tell him, like, hey, there's absolute truths and things that that are true, because the truth is the correspondence with reality. And there are things that are true regardless of how I think or feel. And he's like, well, give me an example. And I was like, well, one plus one is two. And then, this this is what he was saying to me. This is real. He's like, well, that depends, right? For another person, one plus one is a window. I'm like, come on, seriously? But as I was going through this conversation, right, we couldn't dialogue with one another because there was not an absolute truth that we could use our reason together to understand. And we see that in our culture. And what begins to happen is the response, instead of dialogue and reason, is anger, is labeling, and canceling. And so this division that we experience in our world today is a result, in some ways, of living in a post-truth world. And this division is the fruit of it. And so that's a philosophical context, but there's also, I believe, a spiritual component as well. You see St Paul says that our battle is not against flesh and blood but against the spiritual forces of evil. You see our real battle as Christians is against sin, death and the enemy, capital E enemy, it's the devil. And you see one of the favorite tactics of the enemy is to make him appear that he's not the enemy. That we are the enemy to each other and he loves that he loves it when we do friendly fire what do i mean by friendly fire see if you ever go to laser tag you run around with this gun with a laser and you tag one another because you're wearing this vest and you're trying to hit particular spots on these vests and you're on a team and you're trying to trying to win and get points And in some places, they have this one setting. It's called friendly fire. See, because what you can do is you can just kind of run in and you can indiscriminately kind of tag and shoot everyone, right? That's not really how you can really play. But if you have friendly fire on, you have to be careful who you're shooting because you can shoot the enemy or you can shoot one of your allies and then he's timed out for 30 seconds and then he's mad at you. And so if you shoot or tag your own teammate, it's called... Friendly fire. And I don't know if you see this in our world today, but this division has called us to has turned us against each other. We're playing into the enemy's hands. We're doing friendly fire. Of course, we need to dialogue and correct and speak with one another, but we need to be aware that the goal of the enemy is is to make himself appear as not the enemy. You see, what, the, what is the work of the diabolic? The word diabolic comes from the Greek word diabolon, meaning to divide. Right. That's why sin causes death. That's why sin causes separation from God. That's what the enemy wants, division. And what he wants is to divide to divide each and every one of us. And so what is the solution? The work of the enemy is to divide us. The work of God is to unite us. You see, Jesus comes to the temple today at Passover. And we normally understand Jesus as a mild person, right? He speaks the truth, of course. But today we wonder, why is he so frustrated? Why is he so angry? He takes this whip of cords, right? And he drives out all the money changers. We need to understand that the merchants and the money changers were actually doing important service for the temple. You see, Passover is a pilgrimage feast. So once a year, you had to go to the Passover and you had to offer the sacrifice of the lamb. But sometimes you couldn't bring a lamb with you because you traveled from such a far distance. And so the merchants enabled the people to offer a lamb without blemish. But the issue with the merchants was that they were selling these animals in the court of the Gentiles. You see, in the temple, you have the Holy of Holies, which is the one place where only the high priest could go once a year to offer sacrifice. And that's where the presence of God dwelt. Outside of the Holy of Holies was called the Holy Place, where the priest could offer sacrifice, all of the other priests. Then there was the outer court, where all the other Jewish lay people, in a way, could be there to worship God. Then outside of that court was called the Court of the Gentiles. And that was a place designated for the Gentile peoples to worship God. You see, God desired that the temple would be a place in which all peoples would come to offer sacrifice to Him. But what the merchants were doing is that they were selling their animals in the court of the Gentiles, thereby preventing the Gentiles from worshiping God. And so you see, the place which was called to be a place of unity was now a place of division. And Jesus' zeal for his house wanted to purify the temple. And so in a way, he wants to purify the church as well. And we gather here as a church community. In a way, our unity is a contradiction to the division of the world. And so we are called to be united in worship. We're called to be one, not in a cliche way, but we are truly one. Because each and every one of us here who receives the body of Christ, each and every one of us here who are baptized, we are one in the body of Christ. And this is a radical unity. But what we need to do is that we need to live out this unity in our lives. So we need to ask ourselves, am I an agent of division or of unity? Do I separate people or do I unite? But of course, this unity must be based on the truth. You know, as Christians, we believe in the truth, the absolute truth and therefore we believe in dialogue. And so I think as a Christian there are three attitudes we can have to engage in Christian dialogue. We need to come with humility. Cuz if we assume the other person is wrong, there's going to be no dialogue. We need to understand people with compassion. Because sometimes the issues that people are dealing with, there are actually deeper issues. And we realize that oh Okay, the issue that we see on the surface is not what's down below. And one of the easiest ways to be in dialogue with people is through questions. And so sometimes when we speak the truth, we will be rejected. And our Lord calls us to be faithful. He calls us to bring about unity through the truth, to come with humility, with compassion, and with dialogue through questioning. But we believe in a Savior who came to reveal the truth about the Father, about Himself, and about us. And He too was rejected. But He took on that division on Himself, that anger, the violence, the cursing. And they tried to silence the truth, to put Him to death. But as Catholics, and this is what we celebrate in Easter, we know that the truth will always triumph. The truth came back on the third day. And so, as we hear in the gospel, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And he was speaking of the temple of his body.